Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Recovery is Effing Awesome. My name is Robo. My day of grace is May the 7th, 2010. I want to thank y'all again for taking time out of your busy schedule to give me a listen. Uh, today, we're going to talk about step eight, which is made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. So if we look on page 76 of the hymnal, it gets a pretty pretty long paragraph because remember in six, uh, step six had a little baby paragraph, step seven kind of little baby paragraph. This is still a paragraph even though it's it's a little longer. Um, but for me, step eight and step nine are the meat of the program, right? Because we we made a list in step four, which we'll be using uh, for you know step eight, but we got rid of a little bit of baggage in step five. We got rid of a little bit more in six and seven. Now here we are in step eight. So now we're making a list of the people that we had harmed and we need to be willing to go out and make amends to them all. You know, not going in and apologizing or saying I'm sorry because um, if if your family members and, and friends are like mine, uh, they, they've heard you say I'm sorry, you know, countless times. Um, I don't know how many times I, I told my wife the morning after I, you know, got drunk and embarrassed myself and uh, probably her, uh, you know, said some things, said some things I'm not, I'm not too proud of, uh, how sorry I was. And when I said it, and when I, when I told her I'm sorry, I honestly meant it at the time. But unfortunately, my behavior showed that I, I wasn't really sorry because it happened again, usually that day or at least, you know, in the next uh, several days. So an amends is more of a, a genuine, I messed up, I apologize, how do I make this right? Right? So it's, it's, it's stronger than an apology. It's stronger than, a, you know, I'm sorry, it'll never happen again, which we all know is, is bullshit because it, it did happen again. At least it, in my case, it did. You know, but on page 76 of the hymnal, you know, we get done with the seven-step prayer. Then it says, now we need more action, without which we find that faith without works is dead. Let's look at steps eight and nine. So they kind of lump these uh, two together. I'm going to spread them apart, and then we'll also be using the 12 and 12. It says, We have a list of all persons we had harmed and to whom we are willing to make amends. We made it when we took inventory. Talking about step four. We subjected ourselves to a drastic self-appraisal. Now we go out to our fellows and repair the damage done in the past. We attempt to sweep away the debris which is accumulated out of our effort to live on self-will and to run the show ourselves. If we haven't the will to do this, we ask until it comes. Remember that it was agreed at the beginning we would go to any links for victory over alcohol. And yes, when I made a list for step eight, um, most of that was already done in step four. However, between the time I completed step four and the time I got to step eight, uh, my memory had started to, to clear and I started to remember uh, other things that I did in my drunken stupor. So I had to make 
uh, had to, to make uh, additions to that list. So it wasn't just everything and everybody on step four that I used on step eight. Uh, I had to add uh, some. Um, and I think I actually took away one because I had, I had unwit unknowingly um, made an amends and, you know, made a situation right. And so that was gone. That was taken care of. So, you know, it went off my, uh, off, off that list, you know, but the 12 and 12 has, has a couple pages, uh, talking about step eight kind of goes a little bit more in, in depth and, and it starts step eight and nine are concerned with personal relations. First, we take a look backward and try to discover where we had been at fault. Next, we make a vigorous attempt to repair the damage that we have done. And third, having thus cleared away the debris of the past, we consider how, with this newfound knowledge of ourselves, we may develop the best possible relations with every human being we know. This is a very large order. It is a task which we may perform with increasing skill but never really finish. Learning how to live is the, in the greatest peace, partnership, and brotherhood with all men and women of whatever description is a moving and fascinating adventure. Every AA has found that he can make little headway in this new adventure of living until he first backtracks and really makes an accurate and unsparing survey of the human wreckage he has left in his wake. To a degree, he has already done this when taking the moral inventory, but now the time has come where he ought to redouble his efforts to see how many people he has hurt and in what ways. This reopening of emotional wounds, some old, some perhaps forgotten, and some still painfully festering, will at first look like a purposeless and pointless piece of surgery. But if a willing start is made, then the great advantages of doing this will so quickly reveal themselves that the pain will be lessened as one obstacle after another melts away. These obstacles, however, are very real. The first and one of the most difficult has to do with forgiveness. The moment we ponder a twisted or broken relationship with another person, our emotions go on the defense. To escape looking at the wrongs we have done another, we resentfully focus on the wrong they had done to us. This is especially true if he has, in fact, behaved badly at all. Triumphantly, we seize upon his misbehavior as the perfect excuse for minimizing or forgetting our own. Right here, we need to fetch ourselves up sharply. It doesn't make much sense when a real tosspot calls a kettle black. Let's remember that alcoholics are not the only ones bedeviled by sick emotions. Moreover, it is usually a fact that our behavior when drinking has aggravated the defects of others. We repeatedly strain the patience of our best friends to a snapping point and have brought out the very worst in those who didn't think much of us to begin with. In many instances, we are really dealing with fellow sufferers, people whose woes have increased. If we are now about to ask forgiveness for ourselves, why shouldn't we start out by forgiving them, one and all? When listing the people we have harmed, most of us hit another solid obstacle. We got a pretty severe shock when we realized that we were preparing to make a face-to-face -face admission of our wretched conduct to those we had hurt. It had been embarrassing enough when, in confidence, we admitted these things to God, to ourselves, and to another human being. But the prospect of actually visiting or even writing the people concerned now overwhelmed us, especially when we remembered in what poor favor we stood with most of them. There were cases, too, 
where we had damaged others who were still happily unaware of being hurt. Why, we cried, should bygones be bygones? Why do we have to think of all of these people at all? There were some of the ways in which fear conspired with pride to hinder our making a list of all the people we had harmed. Some of us, though, tripped over a very different snag. We clung to the claim that when, our, when we were drinking, we never hurt anyone but ourselves. Our families didn't suffer because we always paid the bills and seldom drank at home. Our business associates didn't suffer because we were usually on the job. Our reputation hadn't suffered because we were certain few knew about our drinking. Those who did would sometimes assure us that, after all, a lively bender was only a good man's fault. What real harm, therefore, had been done? No more surely than we could easily mend with a few casual apologies. This attitude, of course, is the end result of purposeful forgetting. It is an attitude which can only be changed by a deep and honest search of our motives and actions. Though in some cases we cannot make restitution at all, and in some cases action ought to be deferred. We should nevertheless make an accurate and really exhausting survey of our past life as it has affected other people. In many instances we shall find that though the harm done others has not been great, the emotional harm we have done ourselves has. Very deep, sometimes quite forgotten, damaging emotional conflicts persist below the level of consciousness. At the time of these occurrences, they may actually have given our emotions violent twists which have since discolored our personalities and altered our lives for the worse. While the purpose of making restitution to others is paramount, it is equally necessary that we extract from an examination of our personal relations every bit of information about ourselves and our fundamental difficulties that we can. Since defective relations with other human beings have nearly always been the immediate cause of our woes, including our alcoholism, no field of investigation could yield more satisfying and valuable rewards than this one. Calm, thoughtful reflection upon personal relations can deepen our insight. We can go far beyond these things which were superficially wrong with us to see those flaws which were basic, flaws which sometimes were responsible for the whole pattern of our lives. Thoroughness, we have found, will pay, and pay handsomely. We might next ask ourselves what we mean when we say that we have harmed other people. What kind of harm do people do to another anyway? To define the word harm in a practical way, we might call it the result of instincts in collusion, which cause physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual damage to people. If our tempers are constantly bad, we arouse anger in others. If we lie or cheat, we deprive others not only of their worldly goods, but of their emotional security and peace of mind. We really in issue them an invitation to become contemptuous and vengeful. If our sex conduct is selfish, we may excite jealousy, misery, and a strong desire to retaliate in kind. Such gross misbehavior is not by any means a full catalog of the harms we do, but let us think of some of the subtler ones, which, we can sometimes, which sometimes can be quite as damaging. Suppose that in our family lives we happen to be miserly, irresponsible, callous, or cold. 
Suppose that we are irritable, critical, impatient, and humorless. Suppose we lavish attention upon one member of the family and neglect the others. What happens when we try to dominate the whole family, either by rule of iron or by constant outpouring of minute directions of just how their lives should be lived upon hour to hour? What happens when we wallow in depression, self-pity oozing from every pore, and inflict that upon those about us? Such a roster of harms done others, the kind that make daily living with us practicing alcoholics difficult and often unbearable, could be extended almost indefinitely. When we take such a personality trait as these into shop, office, and society of our fellows, they can do damage almost extensive, almost as extensive as that we have caused at home. Having carefully surveyed the whole area of human relations and having decided exactly what personality traits in us injured and disturbed others, we can now commence to ransack memory for the people to whom we have given offense. To put a finger on the nearby and the most deeply damaged one shouldn't be hard to do. Then, as year by year we walk back through our lives as far as memory will reach, we shall be bound to construct a long list of people who have, to some extent or another, been affected. We should, of course, ponder and weigh each instance carefully. We shall want to hold ourselves to the course of admitting the things we have done Meanwhile, forgiving the wrongs done us, real or fancied. We should avoid extreme judgments, both of ourselves and of others involved. We must not exaggerate our defects or theirs. A quiet, objective view will be our steadfast aim. Whenever our pencil falters, we can fortify and cheer ourselves by remembering what AA's experience in this step has meant to others. It is the beginning of the end of isolation from our fellows and from God. That is some powerful stuff right there. I love step eight and step nine. Right? Because, again, in step four, you know, we made a list. Step five, we actually admitted, um, you know, what jack wagons we had been. Uh, But now we add to the list, use the list, you know add to it. And uh, then in step nine, what we'll talk about next time, we actually have to go out and do something about it, right? And and it was kind of like step four and step five. Uh, when I got here, I didn't really want to do step eight. I, I, I really didn't because in a lot of cases, uh, in my mind, I thought that I, you know, just like the book says, you know, I was only hurting myself, you know, um, because I was more of an isolation drinker. I never really liked to go anywhere. Um, but, you know, as time progressed and I I remembered, you know, some times when I actually was around other people, um, you know, I, you know, I had a, I had a lot of amends to make. And uh, did I want to do it? No, because it's embarrassing, right? It's a shot to your manhood. Um, you suck it up and deal with it, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but again, you know, making this list, is I don't want to say th- I, I want to say therapeutic, but right. So when you're when you're sitting down and you're evaluating yourself, as in the that you know you weren't I wasn't um, the person I thought I was. Right, I thought I was 
different than than what truly I, I actually was. You know, all I had to do is go back and look at step four uh, and step five, and you know, realize that you know there were a lot of things that I thought people had said to me or done to me that I, honestly I just made up in my head for you know whatever reason uh, justification for drinking justification for having a resentment justification for you know not wanting to go hang out with them or you know whatever it is uh, it doesn't really matter right but but we make the list and uh, of all people all of them every stinking one of them that we can remember um, and that's like I said from the time I did step four to the time I did step eight I uh, you know I remembered. Uh, some other people and some other situations and some other instances where, um, you know, I, I messed up, I was wrong. And, you know, they went to the list because as we get to step nine, I need to go and make amends to them. Um, and it's not even for them. Um, and we'll get into that more in step nine. Uh, but this is, this is about me and my recovery and my serenity and my peace of mind, right? It has, it, it has a little bit to do with them, uh, but it has a whole lot to do with me because this is my program, um, and I am I am sick, and I'm and I'm I'm doing my best to get better, and you know I, again I can't get to twelve unless I I do eight right, and I can't do nine until I do eight. So, you know it's it, it's for me this is this is the meat. This is where we kind of uh, my program um, kind of kicked in. And it kind of turned the corner and it took me from who I was to who I believe I am supposed to be uh, because it is a very humbling experience. It is very ego deflating. It is very, um, you know, the old saying, knock you down a couple pegs. Uh, this definitely knocked me down a couple pegs when I have to go look somebody in the eye put out my hand, um, make amends, and ask what can I do to make this right. But we'll get more into that um, in step nine. Uh, but that, ladies and gentlemen, is step eight. Um, step eight is, you know, is, is the start of the meat sandwich for uh, my program here. And, uh, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12, um, not that I'm not excited about the other ones, but these 9, 10, 11, 12 get me fired up. Right, because it, it 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 took me from just a, a guy in recovery and you know getting sober and getting my life back together to uh, being a member of this fellowship, uh, being able to look myself in the mirror um, and and kind of liking what I see, and it's got me to you know just to get after it and uh, get fired up about you know sobriety and uh, fired up about living again. So we'll talk about step nine next time. Again, I want to pre uh, thank y'all for uh, taking the time out of your busy schedule to give me a listen. I appreciate all the love and support and, uh, and hope you guys are well today. Hope you're out enjoying this beautiful sunny day before it rains. Uh, stay sober. Have an awesome day. Remember, I love you. And remember, recovery is effing awesome.